the competitive 40k network presents art of war art of war strategy and tactics discussions with the best players on the planet now your host nick nanavani Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Art of War podcast. I'm your host, Nick Nanavadi, and this week we are joined once again with a return guest, Mate Cesar. Mate, how you doing? I'm good, thank you for having me. Uh, thank you for coming on. You are doing something that many people thought are is impossible. Uh, many people just gave up on this faction. Many people thought Admech might actually be the worst faction in the game. But you said, no, I am actually Mate Cesar. I come from all over the place. I kick major ass and I'm going to take Admech and show you it can be done. Going 5 and 0 at a grand tournament with Admech. Congratulations, that is awesome. Thank you. <laughs> so for all of you listeners at home, Matze is a phenomenal player. Um he lives in Hungary now. He actually lived in America for a little while. I know him from tournaments when he was over here. Now he's moved back to Hungary. So we're going to get to know him a little bit, understand what the different experiences are like playing over here, playing abroad playing on the international scene and at the highest levels and really understand what that's like from his perspective. We're also going to, of course, unpack Admech. You know, that's the star of the show here along with Mate. How the hell can Adeptus Mechanicus compete in 10th edition versus the likes of Chaos Space Marines and Eldari and Necrons and all these amazing factions? How is Admech doing it? We're going to understand his list. We're going to unpack how it all works. And then in part two of this episode, which is available for our patrons on AOW40K.com, you'll have access to part two, where Matt and I, Matteo and I, will go over all of the ins and outs, the play-by-plays, how to handle specific matchups, missions, secondaries, all of the good stuff. So if you're interested in actually learning Admech, learning the game, becoming your best, and ultimately becoming a better Warhammer player, Check out part two on AOW40K.com. Mate, are you ready? Yes, I am. I'm so excited. Tell me about how you got into Warhammer. Uh, first, when I was a child, I think I got a box from my father. I think it was fourth edition, the Battle for McRage, the Ultramarines with versus Turnits. It was an old, uh, old box set, and I put it, put them together, painted them up, but didn't have anybody to play with because Warhammer, since now and then, was an expensive hobby. So it went back to the shelf, and I think around seventh, end of 7th edition, I found the box and uh, started looking through the internet and YouTube, how it's going, what's the, what's the battle like, how the armies play, what they look like, and I get back into the game, went to a few tournaments, meeting some new friends, and from then on, I just kept playing whenever I can. Awesome. And if you've done that in Hungary, or you were doing that in America when you were playing and trying to get better? No, I, I started in Hungary uh, in a small groups, and actually for me the change of leaning into the competitive scene was really started when I went to work work in the U.S. and when I lived there almost uh, almost three years, and I think that scene and the community there which pushed me over the edge that I want to play this game in a high level competitively, but still gives me joy and fun in my free time. That's a pretty unique thing, right? To be from Hungary and then, you know, work is work and you come over to America and you you play Warhammer, maybe not super competitively in Hungary with your small local group. You bring your hobby over with you. And what, did you just find players to play with locally and they happen to be competitive and that got you in love with it? No, actually, uh, uh, I went out during COVID and uh, there wasn't any store open. 
And I think in the end of 2020, around September, I saw that one of the groups uh, close to Maryland, uh, they they started to doing RTTs, and I didn't have any armies with this. So I just write in the basically the tournament, the event back, like, hi, guys, I'm here from Hungary. I would like to play some 40K. I have no armies with me. But if anybody can lend me anything, I just want to go and play free games because it's been like eight months since the last time I played with a person. And they just like, yeah, come over here. We have a dead guard army. You can use it. And it just kept going from there. <laughs> That's really awesome. So basically, just one thing led to another with it all. And, and you know, he got better time and time. So what armies do you typically play? Because I've known you for quite some time and I've never known you to be an admin player. This is new. And maybe not <laughs> Actually, the time to play them. <laughs> I started with Necrons in 7th edition, and uh, in the early 8th, I played Chaos, uh, Chaos Demons, Chaos Space Marines. I pretty much played Chaos most of the time. My and, and after my heart right there, absolutely. <laughs> and my favorite army is still World Eaters and uh, Chaos Space Marines. I played AdMac in 8th edition for a few months, I think for a year. And then I switched back to playing Chaos Space Marines and Demons and, you know, the old Chaos Soup when you had like six books together in one army, of the old good times. And, uh, and yeah, actually, I, I played a lot of armies. I played, I think, almost all of the armies. When, when I was in the U.S., I played Drukhari and Harlequins for a good one and a half year and played Edgard, Chaos. Uh, when I get the qualification for the World Cup, I played Demons, actually, with the new Monster Mesh. So... I like chaos. I like melee armies, but this edition is not much about uh, close combat. So, my friend told me. Actually, we speak about like I want. I like challenging armies when you you actually have to play the game and be be good to win. And I was thinking about what armies I like. I enjoy play. I like the actually I like the models I play with, and Admac is a phenomenal phenomenal range of models. So. I figured I build an army list and let's see where I can go with it. So what, at what point did you decide to become an admec player and then stick with it? Because to me, it's a little backwards, right? You're like a chaos player. Like chaos is your favorite faction and chaos, according to win rates and you know my personal anecdotes are like an amazing faction. You know, they're winning all the tournaments right now. So like where, when did you decide screw it admec and then just put up with the results with admec that like win, you know, that's awesome. Yeah. But first of all, for me, is Dark Mechanicus. So <laughs> it's always there. Okay, so you're still in the chaos. <laughs> yeah. uh, actually, I don't know. I, I played World Eaters when they came out and the good part of the end of ninth edition. And then switched back to Chaos Space Marines because uh, when the indexes came out, I, I knew they were going to be good. And they were good already. They're still good. But uh, there's so many uh, Chaos Space Marine players and other players, and uh, you don't feel like play. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I I don't like when I go to a tournament. I play like twenty of the same lists. I figured I I find the list which is challenging. It's gonna get the codex soon. Uh, I mean, in early early tenth edition, Admac is coming out this year, and. Uh, Everybody said that they are the worst in the worst three of the armies like a month ago. And I'm like, all right, that's a challenge. So let's go for it. What can I do with it? Can I go X and one, maybe win more than lose? And uh, after a few practice games, I, I figured that the, actually the army plays good for the 10th edition missions. And actually, it's fun to play. 
it's not the same as all the other armies and nobody is prepared for for admac and the play style of course when you play against a good player they know what the army can do and they know the tricks but it's still not the conventional way like when you see somebody walk up to the table with three chosen bombs and three fortunes and even for blitter there's you kind of know what's going to happen yeah absolutely yeah, that's that's like there's even if you explain everything super forthcoming, which I'm sure you do, there's an element of I haven't experienced this before, and especially I haven't planned lines of play and reps into it. So from that perspective, you you gain a lot of advantage by playing an offbeat meta army. Just last week, we interviewed uh, Jeffrey Kaludner, who won with Sisters of Battle of all factions um, at the Tampa Open, and very similar. You know, like I didn't know what Sisters do prior to doing that podcast, and just like that, we're learning about Admech here today as well. And most of the players, like when, when you walk up to the table with your, I mean, you walk up to the table with your KSP screens and you see a sister or an admac or something top middle five of the bracket, you are like, all right, I'm just going to win this anyway. Don't worry about it. But when you meet somebody who actually almost at the same level in play and, 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 and you, it, it's a game again, because if I can deny your points and score mines, that's going to be a hard time for oh, you. Yeah. These uh, points denial armies, and I don't, I don't even know that Admech is doing that, but I'm kind of assuming here. These Sisters of Battle, Admech, they don't, they just like don't run out of stuff, you know? And then through that, you kind of can score a lot of points, deny a lot of points, and just play a clean game of Warhammer. Uh, but we're going to get into all that, I suppose. What do you think your play style is in relation to Admech? Because obviously, Admech shoot, and they're made of totally different data sheets than Chaos Space Marines and World Eaters and those factions you previously played. So how does that translate? Well, I still have my World Eater in me, so everybody thinks that Admech is a shooting army and it all sits back, try to cut some angles and just shoot you. Uh, I find myself more of an adaptive player, so if my opponent is cagey, I, can, I, I, I go aggressive and I just run up the table and I even, the last tournament on the GT in the finals, I played against Tyranids, which is a melee army. And every turn I charge something with my breachers, with my dragoons, uh, to try to try them up and lock up the board space. I'm more of a reactive player. I like to give my opponents situations when they have to decide what they do. It doesn't have to be always a bad decision. But from, from their perspective, they try to figure out what my game plan is. But it's it's almost always the same. Like there's so many units in the army, you can screen the whole table in one turn. So if you want to deep strike something against the army, you should you shouldn't do it. If you want to put something in reserve, you still shouldn't do it because in a turn the that list is fast. And there are some tricks you can do even in close combat. They are not hit too hard. But sometimes the the rerolls and you know you have a spike of dice in a turn and the, the breachers come at you in close combat also. I am so fascinated and I have no idea what you're even talking about. So Matt Tay, I think this is the great time to segue into what your list actually is that you took to the Alba GT and won. Okay, so the list is uh, the red cohort, uh, red cohort, obviously because the only one we have. Actually, the detachment rule is not that good. We still don't know how it works because the the ability says that the start of the battle round, your opponent have to decide if, if his army, every unit uh, stands firm or take cover. So they either battle shock or take mortal wounds. But if your opponent goes first and he says like, okay, all of, all of my whole army is battle shock at the start of the battle round and in the command phase, it just goes up, 
it just falls off. So it has no actually no benefit. Uh, oh, the that's rule, terrible. Your army the, rule is so... Yeah, uh, the, rule, the, the army rule says that they are Battleshock for the whole battle round, but in the rules commentary, there is a paragraph when it says, like, you, whenever you're Battleshock, it always comes down in the next uh, command phase. So I guess it sets it off. So if I go first, there is a play, because if a unit is Battleshock, they cannot use uh, superior threat or any defensive threats on them, and they are also uh, OC0, which can help steal objectives. But the army rule basically, the detachment rule basically does nothing. It's one mortal wound and a free up in each start of the battle round. Uh, sometimes it kills something on one wound. It happened, but <laughs> nothing major. I was going to ask uh, during the line of questioning what, if you actually get value out of your detachment rule. Is it useful? But I'm glad we just got that out of the way. Yeah, I, I killed I killed the Castode Caledus tank with it. It was on one wound and it died. Yeah. So, I mean, this only <laughs> goes more to the point, right? Like you're playing an army without a functional detachment rule. That is is such an inherent disadvantage right off the bat, you know, by definition. So what is the list you actually took to the tournament? Okay, so it's uh, three Tech Priest Manipulus. It's all the same. They they give little hit to the units, so it's already good. Uh, one of them has the Master and I hit Annihilator. It's an enhancement, which give also sustain hit one to the unit. So they are exploding on sixes and auto-wounding on sixes. And the other guy has a transcendent cannon, which is a flamer. And he has the enhancement for the Omnisterilizer, which gives him three pl- uh, extra free attacks. So it's a D6 plus three flamer. Anti-infantry two up, anti-monster four up, devastating wound two. So it's basically... Uh, before they nerfed devastating wounds, it was even more deadlier, but it's still is D6 plus three alternating shots, which basically nukes uh, terminators and two wound models. Yeah, that sounds pretty nasty. Nice little character. He's only 75 points. So that, that yeah. guy. <laughs> we have uh, three units of Skitter Vanguard. Actually, they are the backbone of the army. We're going to talk about that because without the Vanguard, the army actually doesn't function at all. Uh, one Dune Rider to just have one of the uh, the battle lines in, in transport so they can run up the board or they can be in places when they need to because you can uh, disembark from the Dune Rider even if it's advanced. Uh, so you can cover a pretty good space on the board. Uh, free individual Iron Strider Ballistary. These are the last cannon chickens for 50 points. They're really good. Uh, three units of six Cataphron Breachers with the Arc Rifle. This is the Strength 8, AP2, Damage 3, uh, Anti-Vehicle 4-up uh, shooting weapon. It's Rapid Fire 2, so the resistance range is 2 shots, 8 in each range is 4 shots. Uh, three units of those, and they have Hydraulic Close, which is also Strength 8, AP2, Damage 3 in melee, 2 attacks each. Two units of uh, Skystalkers, they are the the birdie guys, which can move after they shoot, and depends on how close they are to my battle lines, they can move either 6 or 12 inches, so the movement with them is pretty significant. One unit of Cerberus Raiders, they are just uh, throwaway scout movers. One unit of Infiltrator, also the same, to screen uh, my opponent infiltrating moves or just sit in the corner, wait for investigate signal to pop up. And uh, three individual Sidonian dragons, which are the the melee chickens, also really good. They are naturally stealth, so they minus one to hit. They are toughness seven, seven wound vehicles, which can base move 10, and they are not that bad in in melee also. So I look at your army, um, and without really knowing 
much about what its intricacies are or its rules, and we're going to unpack all that. It looks like you got 18 breachers, which definitely seem like a big chunk of your, your damage output, especially anti-vehicle, and they're pretty tough to remove. You've got 30 infantry, which you described as the backbone of your army, and I'm so eager to hear why, um, just because I look at that, and that's like, I view that as cheap, mission play, OC2, whatever, easy to kill stuff. Um, a few characters, um, and then a lot of skirmishing units, solo chickens, and, and deep striking fast guys, and that's always good for mission play stuff. So a lot of, a lot of things going on with this army. How do you put it all together? So the first, uh, the first I built the army, I didn't have the the melee chickens. I had two units of infiltrators, two units of uh, Cerberus raiders, the the dogs. I had two uh, dune riders, and I also had the Kaladesh assassin before to vect. But uh, I figured out the more I played the list that uh, for the purpose of what the infiltrators and the raiders do, one unit is enough. And with the data slate, we get some points decrease. So actually could fill in the, the chickens. And the fact is, the Kaladus, it was nice. But uh, from that 95 points, I, I could I could put in another unit of Vanguard. So I figured I, I'm just going to play pure AdMac. I don't going to do Assassins because Vecting is good uh, against Space Marines. is def- is actually super good, Vecting the Armor of Content. But uh, you can't do much about it. You just have to fight your way through on them. And uh, so I played a few practice games. And uh, I had a unit of breachers with uh, torsion cannons before, which is the anti-infantry shots. And uh, that was that's only damage too. So the more I played, I figured that anti-infantry 2-up is really good. But with the lethal hits and the sustain hits and the rerolls the breachers get from the battle line, uh, actually, the damage-free guns are, are much better. So I, I don't care about anti-infantry when I have lethal hits with full rerolls. Uh, it's more damage. So that's why I've changed them back for or all of them with archifos. And also, 18 breachers on the board, they look amazing. You're going to see it. Because- <laughs> yeah, I can imagine 18 of those things. Like, Do you deploy them like on the line? Or like, where Where is this army hiding on the table? Or is it not hiding? So it's, it's more of a, an opponent choice. If I play against something that, that cannot screen much, I usually put one of them into strat reserve along with one of That's a hard unit to actually get into a reasonable spot with strategic reserve. No? Yeah, they 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 pick up a big big chunk of space. Yeah, it's like it's more it's like ten terminators. It's the same same footprint. Yeah. But um, when you have space, uh, you play against something. I don't know knights or or Chaos Knights, or something that doesn't have fast-moving screens, you can do it, or even you can just, if you put something in reserve and your opponent starts to screen in the backfield, then you just come back turn two in your board edge because the, the shooting range is high. You can just keep your opponent It's almost back. just like it, getting to deploy them, um, you know, just with turn two knowledge kind of thing. Yeah, usually I tried, we are playing on WTC terrain here, so there is a space to hide the breachers at least. They usually go behind behind walls, behind buildings. Uh, they are toughness seven, three wounds each, infantry, so they are they're not that easy to kill. And also the the manipulus can give the unit a four up invulnerable save once per game for a whole phase. So usually they are pre- when the, when it, when I go out to shoot and I expect to get shoot back, I usually just turn up the invans, try to weather the storm, and then. Uh, shoot back again so talk to me about like your army's cadence when it's playing the game like what is your general strategy 
um, you know, like how are you holding objectives, contesting objectives? Like, what are you doing with this stuff? So usually I'd go with tactical objective because uh, the army is good. To, so the, the army rule is uh, the basic army rule, which I, which every admin gets, is you can choose from two uh, doctrine imperatives. You can be a protector, which means all of your weapons are heavy. So if you stay still, you get plus one to hit. And if somebody shoots you and you are in your deployment zone, you ignore one of them, one of the AP that's incoming. So basically, if you're cover and they're shooting you, you are actually minus two of their AP. So, so is that bad? You kind of deploy on the line and just be tough enough to tank it? Even if I can go be in front of the line because I don't have to be wholly within my deployment zone, just within, so that I can lean back a unit and still get the benefit of the minus one AP. I usually never use it because the breachers only move five. I usually do with go with the conqueror, the other one, which is that all of my guns are assault. Everybody can advance and shoot. Oh, and if I sh- and if I shoot you in and you are in your deployment zone, I get plus one AP. Do you choose the doctrine as turn by turn or game by game? Yeah, it starts with the battle round. Okay, so you can do like turn one, I'll sit in cover. Yeah, That's, and there, there are some of the stratagems which are benefiting each. For the protector, there is only one which is good. For a CP, you can have a four-up invulnerable save on skittery units. The breachers are not skittery, so I'm not going to use it on them. And everybody in the army has a five-up invulnerable save. Like, all of all of the units have a five-up invulnerable save, apart from the breachers, but they can have a four-up once per game, so they don't need it. So I usually always stay in conquer, conquer because advance and shoot is a huge advantage. Just for mission play, you can do actions with your guns. Everybody has pistols. Uh, uh, every unit has a sergeant with a pistol, so you can sh- do actions in close combat. You can do actions when you move. You can do actions when just you make it, like actions just come so naturally. You have so many units. What is this? We have six chicken walkers, all solo. We got an infiltrator squad, two Cerberus raider squads, two Taraxi squads. Am I getting that right? So I have. Uh... Three battle lines, transport, that's four, six chickens, that's 10, 12, 14. I have uh, 15 units. 15 units. That is a lot. Uh, sorry, actually 18 with the breachers. Yeah. Eight, 18, they, right, the breachers. They, so 15 skirmishing units, really. Like if we're going to count yeah. the transport and the 10-man vanguard, which we still haven't really got to. I'm very excited about that. Um, if we count the the troops and the transport and all the other stuff floating around, there's all your skirmishing pieces. You have 14 of those, 15 of those. And then there's 18 breachers, which take up the physical board space of 30 Terminators. It's all advancing and shooting. How how damaging is this stuff? Is this like Tau levels of firepower, where if I'm getting shot by this, I'm, I'm just gone? Or is this... Uh, so if, you, if I'm taking the, the unit with the enhancement, when they have the sustain and the lethal hit, and let's say I'm in rapid fire range. You, I'm sh- okay. So let's let's start with the Vanguard. So the Vanguard is uh, OC two, and also they have an ability when you are within three of them, you are minus one OC, and it can go down to zero. So they are there. They, they can take the zero. Yeah, because actually, when you go check the rules in the rules commentary for the modifiers, nothing can go below one, but OC actually can go to one. It could go to zero. So if you're taking Lich Guard, like it's a 10-man Lich Guard on an objective with OC1, you just stand next to it with one Vanguard, I have that objective. That is absolutely insane. Oh, my God. And uh, we have a transport which moves 12 inches. I can advance 
six inches, 18 inches for a CPU, I can still charge. So it's a, it's a long board space I can do. Or I can use my Vanguard to move out in the transport, advance and charge and take away your home objective, turn two or three, because I'm going to minus one of your OC. I'm going to get 10 guys there with a four up armor and the five up in marble save, and you might not gonna kill them. And uh, so it's it's a pretty reality. Right? You can advance the transport, then get out and then charge something? No, no, no. Uh, oh. So you can, you can get out after advance, but you cannot charge after that because when you get out after the transport advance, they count as made a normal move. So you cannot charge okay, because the transport advance. Still, but, that is a very far... But turn one, turn one, I can advance up the transport and then disembark three, move six, advance and still charge. So are these Vanguard just running to the objective? And, you know, being like, I'm going to hold this until you kill me, trying to hide behind walls. Like, what is the usage of the Vanguard? The Vanguard, so the Breachers has a rule, which is breaching command, that says that as long as they are within six of one of my battle lines, they have four rerolls to hit. So uh, usually I keep one Breacher unit, uh, one Vanguard unit around my Breachers within six. So when you have 24 shots, hitting on fours, Fury rolls, sustain hit one, uh, lethal hit one. That's actually add up pretty fast. Yeah. So essentially, you you're having how many shots? Is three shots per guy? It's it's two it's two shots per guy, four shots in rapid fire range. Okay, so a bunch of shots, re-rolling hits, sustain hits, potentially lethal hits on the one unit. That adds up super fast. They're actually uh, they 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 all have lethal hit. One unit have sustain. Sorry, I got that backwards. This yeah, is yeah. even better because lethal hits helps you kill vehicles and things like that. And what's the what's the AP and damage on these profiles? So it's a strength eight, AP two damage three. They are anti-vehicle four up. So against vehicles, they are good. And then against everything else, which is higher toughness, I just have the lethal hit and I'm just fishing, fishing for sixes. And even then it's strength eight, so most probably they, it's gonna wound on fives at the worst. It's only AP two, but if I shoot you in your deployment zone, it's AP three, you're gonna have cover. Yeah, it's it's not that amazing, but it's damage free. So yeah, damage three, AP two. I mean, it, it'll struggle maybe to kill redemptors in cover with armor of contempt. But basically, every other profile in the game, even terminators, that'll add up against. Do you have ways to ignore cover with this army? Uh, sadly, don't. I think that's that's uh, on on purpose. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, you you mentioned redemptors. I don't shoot redemptors. I just ignore them because I cannot kill them even with the damage free shots. They just don't die. It makes a lot of sense. We'll get into more specific matchup talk yeah. in part two. But I, I think yeah. so. The yeah. Vanguard usually. Uh, that's why I have the transport because sometimes you know you have Eldar and uh, no lineups of shooting, so they can be picked up pretty easy. They have a five up in normal save, which is not bad, but I always want one unit to be safe to for the rerolls. But they usually hang around the breachers, move with them, one unit in the transports, try to grab your home objective or an objective at the edge of the table, or they just come on strategic reserve with another breacher unit that one to reserve, then they have full rerolls. So it's it's just like a lot of shots. They're all you know, strength eight AP two three damage, but I, I played with that profile enough to know that will add up fast in tons of shots, lethal hits. That that really does hurt um, into most targets. And then you've so much skirmishing going on. Is the idea with the skirmishing stuff to overwhelm your opponent like aggressively, or like just have something in the right place at the right time? Like through virtue of having so many units, how are you using all this other stuff? Uh, usually, I use the 
the infiltrators to block one of the corners, uh, stand stand next to an objective in the corner. If nobody is there, they're gonna hold that objective for the game. If uh, if my opponent has uh, scout moving units, I usually deploy them in front of them so they cannot scout move. Uh, it's the same with the with the raiders; they can scout line. Uh, so if I draw, let's say, deploy teleport homers turn one. I can just scout, move them nine, move 12, advance and shoot, just touch your deployment zone and get five points. And that's like a 50 point unit and they die and they just, they just throw them away. Uh, also with the infiltrators, they can advance and charge. If I'm in assault doctrine, try to tie up uh, against scarce space range. Usually I try to tie up the rhinos so they cannot get out, or they cannot move out on the deployment zone, try to block the space between buildings. It's same with the the last uh, the millie chickens. They, they they move ten, they run up, they block the pathways between buildings, and just keep screen like with six chickens. You pretty much can screen almost the half of the table. Yeah, I mean six chickens is there. Each one has like I don't know the base diameters, but it's a big oval. And then there's each breacher is a sixty millimeter base, like we were talking about. Your army's footprint is enormous and i guess you're not really trying to hide all of it um, because it's just like not feasible but it's tough and there's so many things so you really just inconvenience your opponent charge them aggress them and, and really try to tie them up and gum them their ability to kill everything is that the idea yeah try to tie them up and also when you have six uh, individual chickens which uh, touch seven seven moons uh, usually in cover with a free up save a five up invariable save you you have to put some effort to kill it. So if even if it's left on one wound, it's still going to move, block you, screen you. And uh, the last cannon shots are not that uh, <laughs> helpful. It's one shot on a four up, but sometimes you roll a six, so it's going to be it's sustained one. It's going to be two shots with twin linked. They usually kill something throughout the game, but uh, they can take up the board to screen screen my breachers so nobody get close and also do the mission so why you have to worry about 18 breachers shooting you you have uh, the other 10 units which are running out running around the board scoring plans according to gauge sewing storm hostile anything anything basically you want and uh, stealing away your primary but you cannot kill everything in a turn yeah, I mean, I play Chaos Space Marines, and I am an army focused on damage, and I'm really looking at this, and I'm like, I don't know if I can kill all this. Uh, like I said, we'll talk about your plan for CSM in a little while, but this is actually really impressive, Mate. I feel like people are sleeping on Admet, just like they're sleeping on Sisters. This is so much stuff, and it's, like, so violent. The only bad thing is, like, it's uh, it's fragile, so... Our scene in Hungary, of course, doesn't have the amount of players like the US. So there are some armies I never played against. So I don't know how it's going to go. Like when you meet uh, a Australian armist with nine uh, indirect shooting tanks, they're just going to pick up all the all the Vanguard turn one, and they're going to start buttling down the breachers, with, and I can't do nothing about it. So that's a different game plan. I try to figure out what to do in those matchups. But uh, the army actually, it's good, it's good to play because you, if you play it good, you win. And if you lose, you usually make a mistake. I had four tournaments before the, the last GT and I went 
two and one on three of the RTPs. I ran four and one on the GT before the last one, and I lost in the finals against uh, Space Marines. And uh, after I finished the game, everybody asked me like, "Why did you lose? You had bad dice. You had bad cards." And, oh no, no, it, uh, you you never can blame the dice or the cards. I mean, there's a point when you can, when you only roll once. Of course, that can happen. But when you sit down and think about the game, I lost by 12 points. And I figured, like, if I move turn one differently and I didn't make some uh, positioning mistakes, it's an even closer game. So you always can improve from your losses. And uh, when you play, I played this army, I think, I don't know, 30, 35 games with it. And uh, after every game, I figured out a new way to approach uh, my deployment, how I move with my units, what do I do with the... Actually, the funny thing about the raiders, so if I go first and you say that you don't care, your whole army is battle shot because you don't care. And let's say I draw a capture my outpost, which is an eight-point uh, secondary mission, and I can move up the, the raiders nine inches, move 12, advance, maybe roll a five or a six, and I can charge for a CP and I charge something which sits on your back objective and you are OC zero. I just have to stand there with one dog and I get eight points for literally 50 points, turn one. So there is very small plays when which you realize that, oh, I've got, I could have done that. Yeah, there's always ways to learn from games. I mean, I love that you covered that whole section, right? Like learning from losses and even learning from wins is is really what this entire channel and podcast is all about. And the fact that this army has so much depth to it, right? Like, you can go endlessly into how to approach problems with an army this wide as far as toolbox goes. Like, you can do so much stuff with just the movement in how you approach problems. Like, forget the damage. Like, your your entire game is basically just scoring points, denying points, yeah. while having enough damage to keep someone honest, really. Yeah, um, and everybody... Yeah, everybody everybody says that uh, WTC terrain is, is too dense, and you cannot Every, some few of them, few of the guys ask me, like, how you, can you play with an army that only shoots because you don't have much firing lanes? And actually, you don't need it. You don't need to table anybody. You just need basically lines for, like, one or two objectives, which you're going to basically anybody that stands on the objective is going to die no matter what. And then you don't have to kill your opponent to win the game. You just have to take away... Usually my game plan is if I can give my opponent one or two turns of five or zero primary, I, it's, it's usually a win. Because this army can score 75 to 80 points on on, mission, on the mission. Uh, my lowest was around 80. I scored even on the losing games. And uh, you can, I mean, it's in building the army. If you know how to move, how to deploy. Usually my play style is I... I figure movement is the best way to win the games because you cannot you cannot always be a hundred percent sure if you shoot something it's gonna die because dice, or you hit something it's gonna die because of dice. Uh, I played a really good friend of mine round four. He played Chaos Knights, and he has a bad game against me already because I have so many anti-vehicle shots, and that was a typical idea. Like I put fifty shots in you, and what can you do? That's that's a dice game, and he had a turn when four small guys and the big guy died in one turn, in one battle round, and we are like, yeah, we should call it because there's no point. And of course, 
the stratagems Admech has. So uh, I never use CP reroll. I never use uh, the strats for any defensive stuff. <laughs> Most of my CP use is basically Overwatch. Or when you shoot, and there's a strat, when you shoot me, I can shoot you back. So usually I sh- with one unit, I usually shoot three times a turn at least. Oh my god. So like you you shoot with it, you overwatch it, and then they shoot you, you shoot them back. And it's kind of like having three units of Wraith Guard at that point, right? Like you can't shoot anything. Or you yeah. just eat it. <laughs> I mean, I only can shoot back with the guys that stayed alive. So it's uh, it's not that's always true. good because they if they wipe the unit that they're not gonna shoot back. But with the breachers, the toughness seven helps them a lot. So yeah. they can survive. I'm sure this answer varies matchup to matchup, but just in general, are you finding yourself like very low on models, pretty much table, but just trying to scrape by with more points than your opponent, or are you actively killing them in a lot of game? Uh, actually, it's different uh, against vehicle-heavy armies, or against monster armies, or elite armies. I usually uh, wipe them before they wipe me. Uh, but uh, most of the games I had like two, three units left uh, by an end of turn five. Uh, but I think I never got wiped, like like all of my stuff died. But usually it's it's pretty bloody because when things start to die, like when you when you lose six chickens in one turn and one of your breacher units, everybody thinks like, oh, you lost seven units. Yeah, but that seven unit was like 500 points, so I don't care. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is a points-based game, right? I'm I'm so excited to continue this conversation, Matei. Um, I feel like now we're really getting to the meat of how this army plays, and it's so situationally um, flexible that there is no specific play script besides like deploy your breacher, shoot people, move up, advance, and shoot. Um, my my only script is I never do fixed mission again. <laughs> that's, only, that's a hot take, you know. The only games I lost was when I took fixed. Wow! Because when then you trapped, you have to do it. Uh, there yeah. is no escape. Actually, against uh, we're gonna cover it anyway. But one one hint is against Tau. Tau is the only army when you go fixed. But I think every army goes fixed against Tau because bring it down is just. You get it for free. You get the free 20, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then you can do whatever you want. That is awesome, Mate. I'm so excited. I don't think we've ever had anyone on the podcast who's like, I always go tactical. Um, I think this is going to be a super exciting part, too, where we're going to cover exactly how you move the stuff around the table, what approach you take in different matchups. Because right now, the game of Warhammer is so wide and diverse. The way you build an army doesn't have to be, I do this strategy every single time. And the way you're playing your army, it's it's totally not that. It's literally a new game every time you play it. I absolutely love it. I'm so excited to talk about this in part two. Mate, thank you so much for coming on. Listeners, thank you so much for listening. You can check us on AOW40K.com. That's our Patreon. It's five bucks a month, and I get you access to not only part two of this episode, we're going to cover all the in-depth trips and tricks, um, but we're also going to get access to 212 other episodes of the podcast. So do yourself a favor and sign up. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Like what you just listened to? Check out Art of War Down Under and Art of War Unbroken on the competitive 40K network. The Art of War 40K.com.